0: I mean, you hadn't changed a baby before, right? No,
1: I had not changed a baby before. I had two nephews uh, at the time, and uh, I refused to change their diapers because I wanted the first diaper that I changed to be my child. That's not
0: really why you refused (laughs) to change their diaper. (laughs) Welcome to the Thinking Out Loud podcast. As always, this is Leah Hallahan, your host.
1: Wait a minute. That's right. This is the Thinking Out Loud podcast, but she is not normally our host. Normally, I, Dave Hallahan, am our host, but today's going to be a little bit different. Leah is going to be talking to me about fatherhood. I've talked... A little bit on the podcast, just about some of my struggles lately, especially as they relate to fatherhood, and so we wanted to uh, give a little update, but also dig into it a little bit more. And I can say without a doubt that this is the most personal episode we have had yet, and the most vulnerable I've been. Um, it was honestly great for me just to have this conversation with my wife. Uh, and I'm putting it out there because maybe it will be good for you to hear. And if you are someone who doesn't typically talk about how they're feeling or things that they're struggling with, I would just encourage you to do it because, uh, it is an awkward feeling to be vulnerable, but uh, the relief that is felt afterwards is, uh, so worth it. We weren't meant to handle our struggles alone. And so I'm thankful for a wife who I can talk to about anything uh, and so many other people in my life who have helped me to process some of the things that I'm going through. Hopefully listening to me do that will be helpful for you. And Leah, why exactly did you want to talk to me about being a father?
0: Well, personally, I read mommy stuff, and I talk to moms, and I am a mom, so I know how I feel about parenting, but um, I think men come at it a bit differently. It's not as natural, so I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about that. Specifically, I feel like towards your kids, you have struggled, and you, you've you talked about it a little bit before um, on your podcast update, but what can you say? Like, can you say in words kind of just your story over the last six months in a nutshell?
1: Yeah. Um, I thi- So Riley, sh- she liked me for sure, but she was a mommy's girl like through and through 100% she would choose mom over dad every time. Logan for basically her whole life has been the opposite. Mm-hmm. Uh, a daddy's girl through and through. And um when she was going through that rough patch, um I feel like that's when that started and it's still true to this point. You're here, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but she seems and especially then seemed to want me but I didn't make things better. Yeah. Like, there was nothing I could do. Eventually, that probably probably became a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, I just went into it thinking, I'm not going to make anything mm-hmm. better. And didn't then do the things that needed to be right. done. It's they were. not
0: like, okay, daddy's here. Now I'm fine. Right. It was kind of like, daddy's home. Now I'm going to be a mess. <laughs> and I'm not going to let go of him. Right. Um, she... You know, we've talked to the doctor about her, and the doctor is like, "I, it's encouraging to me that she can turn it off and turn it on. Like that means that it's not really anything seriously wrong with her. She is just a stinker, and she's a demanding child. Um, But it's very, you know, developmentally appropriate for her age to." be throwing tantrums and to be doing this kind of thing. So that I guess is encouraging to me, um but it's hard for you because you're the one that gets the brunt of it. Like she really is it's like a f- switch flips when you come home and she just it's like oh my gosh, my dad's home. I'm so excited, but I'm also so scared that he's gonna leave again and he can't hang out with anybody else and and like now i'm just throwing a fit on the floor like
1: yeah Yeah. and she's very she is very demanding of me of my attention of my presence like i just i need to be there and i need to be doing the thing that she expects me to be doing and i mean i'm still processing like all of this like i if whoever's listening to this like, I'm certainly not, I'm not trying to place blame at the feet of a two-year-old. Like, she's two, and while I get that, it it has worn on me. It wears mm-hmm. on me. Um, and, like, I have not been handling it well at all.
0: Um, what do you think it is about your personality, um, either just as Dave or as a man, that, of rejects that kind of uh, attention from a two-year-old?
1: Yeah, I think uh, there's probably a couple things. One, I am more rational. Uh, that's how I want to interact with people. That's how I want to talk through problems and issues. And um, you can't do that with a two-year-old. There's, there's no time to say, you know you're making a bad choice here you're the re like you're choosing to be miserable like there is none of that she's just miserable mm-hmm. um and so th- that is frustrating um i'm a very independent person um i i don't think i have i'm low maintenance like i don't ask much of anyone in my life i don't think um but probably to a fault and to a detriment but that's how i operate and so I expect other people to operate the same way because I think we all do that Mm -hmm. to some extent. Like, this is how I am. Why isn't everyone this way? Um, And I actually had this thought earlier tonight, probably because I knew we were recording, but, like, Riley is... this? I'm not blaming Riley. I'm just saying this matter-of-factly. Riley is not preparing me to parent Logan well because they're so different Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like riley was so low maintenance and go with the flow and like she was low
0: maintenance towards you
1: yes well i i'm the only one i'm concerned about (laughs) (laughs) another personality trait (laughs) well like in the in those moments i don't think Oh, uh, this is must be how Leah felt when she would try to drop Riley off at the nursery, right. And she would freak out. Like, and even if I thought that, it probably wouldn't be helpful in the moment. Mm-hmm. So, yes, for me, uh, Riley was very low maintenance and easygoing. And like even now, like she'll come home and she does her homework uh, by herself, mm-hmm. and we check it, but we don't even have to. Like she knows what she's doing, and like something tells me that may not be the case. <laughs> for logan when she's in first grade um and so you know i i don't know i i feel unprepared for logan Mm -hmm. um, and i for whatever reason i'm not sure exactly the reason maybe we can talk it out maybe not uh i want her to fit my mold right rather than she's a unique right individual with the developmental traits of a two-year-old right
0: and i think you know if she was our first we would be looking at her a lot differently for sure like we weren't used to that
1: well uh, yeah and like I think we would be for several reasons with their as much as we, as we don't want to <laughs> as much as we don't want to compare her to like we want all of our kids to be themselves yeah um, but the experientially what we knew and what I know of a two-year-old is Riley Right. Logan is not that. But also, if Logan was our only child or our first child, like, we wouldn't have two other kids that we're trying to f- figure out, you know?
0: Because... We'd be able to devote
1: more attention to her.
0: Right, right. Yeah. Um, so, there's a lot there. Um, I think a lot of parents can relate to you know when they have more than one kid just the vast differences of the two of them it's not like we are the first parents to ever have (laughs) two kids that are different um it's not that we're ever the first parents to have one kid who's more of a handful than their other kids um and there's nothing wrong with Logan like she's just different she just has a different personality she's just a more demanding kid um there's also you know a lot to say about you um being an independent person not needing anything from anyone else and expecting other people to be that way towards you
1: i think i'm what i'm realizing lately and it was really just a few nights ago that i feel like god kind of convicted me about this but i like to use the word independent it makes me sound like i'm independent like i'm a self-made man Mm -hmm. but I do feel like I'm selfish, and I've been selfish, and I I joke, I don't even know when like this joke occurred to me, or like this line that I've said many times, but to have multiple kids, you have to be um, selfless or naive, and I'm naive. I don't know where I picked that up from, but like I kind of have said it many times in a joking fashion, but... I think, like you always tell me, there's a little bit of truth behind every sarcastic Sarcastic comment. Comment. Um, Like, I think I would say it in a way to dress it up like it was sarcastic. But I think that was my underlying feeling was that I'm not a selfless person. Like when we had our third child, we were debating if we were done having kids or not and I think I was closer to we are done than you were mm-hmm. and then it was like surprise I'm pregnant again and I've said this to you so I'm not surprising you with this but I think I have resented our kids a little bit that like this was not something I was prepared for uh, was planning for and like now I have to do this thing Um, and you're not making it as easy as i would like you to Mm -hmm. make it and i understand exactly how that sounds yeah (laughs) yeah. Um, and that's that's why i'm trying to work through this because this is the life that god has given me and it's a life that many other people would would want and like i'm selfishly wishing i had more for me Mm -hmm. you know
0: yeah well, I think it that's a really brave thing to say, um, especially like, and hitting publish on a podcast and letting other people hear it because I think a lot of, I would be willing to guess that a lot of other people feel the same way, whether they're a man or a woman. Um, and if you are a man, a father who has felt this way, like I would love to hear from you. And I would also love to hear from men who are the opposite, who are like, I feel absolutely nurturing, and I feel like, like, I would expect most men to feel like you do, Dave. Like, you know, hey, once upon a time I was this bachelor, and once upon a time I had this hot wife, and we had so much fun, and we (laughs) got to go on dates, and, um, you know, we got to do whatever we want, and now these kids who are really cute kind of, you know change that whole thing for me, yeah. and when are they going to go away?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think like my and maybe this is true of many guys. I don't, I don't know, but I am especially like laid back, generally speaking, and go with the flow. True or false? True. Okay, I think in this scenario that kind of bit me in the butt. I'm also not uh. A planner, or like a, I don't think about the future very often uh, unless I have to. Like, unless it's about, unless my job is to plan for the future. Like, I don't, I don't think about it. I'm just gonna, this is where I'm at. So, this is what I'm gonna do. And so, you have probably thought a lot prior to us having kids about the family that you would have one day. Yes. I, that is not a thought that I've had. Like, I thought, I would be a father only because most of the men in my life eventually either Mm -hmm. were fathers or eventually became fathers. So that's a thing that will happen to me, but that's not a thing I'm,
0: you never like pictured yourself doing dad things. No,
1: No. um, not really. And if I did, it was probably with my sons. Right. Because I had three brothers and then I had two nephews when I got married. All I knew was boys. Right. Right. Um, and which you still might be i i still might be coaching i would love it to coach but and i love having girls and i don't even want i don't want the problem is not that we have three girls yeah it's that we have three kids (laughs) um but so i just never gave much thought to that my wife wants to have a family i like how we have to make a family so i'm (laughs) in like We'll have a kid. Then I have one kid and for four and a half years we get into a nice rhythm and flow and now within nineteen months we're adding two more people mm-hmm. to that family. I'm a go with the flow guy, but that's a that's a big wave. That's not Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I I think I I think I thought I could handle it better than I'm handling it. Right. Because I never gave much thought to it. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, I wish we had like uh, a radio show where people could like call in as we're talking about this because...
1: Do you do good voices? Uh. You could just pretend to be someone else.
0: <laughs> I just feel like um, as...
1: This is Eric from uh, Indianapolis and I just want to say Hi, Dave, I, uh, I really feel what you're saying. So uh, thanks for being so brave and uh, sharing your thoughts. I think this has really helped me feel like I'm not alone. I'll hang up and listen for your response. Thanks.
0: Thanks, Eric. Uh, next person that calls in is going to be like, you're the worst <laughs> <laughs> person ever. Um, no, but it's that's not true. And I think, Dave, I think you feel like that a lot of days, which makes the whole thing worse. Like, you feel, like, guilty for feeling like this or, like you said, selfish. Um, and it could very well be a selfish thing, but... You're human, and humans are selfish.
1: Yeah. Um, it's. I, and I've said this to you, too, but, like, it's... Um, when it all kind of, like, bubbled to the surface, uh, compounded guilt is yes. f- what it was. Because the thought that occurred to me and what I said to you, and it probably took me a month or more to say it out loud to you, but it had been circulating in my head was... I don't get joy from being a father. <laughs> and I'm going to cry again. Um, <clears throat> just having that thought hurt me. Like, I felt guilty for even thinking that. And then. Then to just try to ignore it, but then it would come back in the moments where I was feeling things that are not joy. Uh, in parenting, when things would get hard, that thought would come in. Oh, you're not what I don't. You're not a good dad, or you're not supposed to be a dad, or like, what's wrong with you? Like that you can't enjoy this. So like all of that, just like built and built and built until finally after. A wedding I was like yes. I said it to you and um, and I know it hurt you to hear that initially um, but like even just that it was that compounding guilt you know and then while I'm having these thoughts which that's guilt number one that makes me want to stay away from home because I'm not finding joy there with my daughters but then I'm now that desire i'm guilty because of that so now i want to go home so that i'm home but then i'm there and i'm not enjoying it and i'm withdrawn and now i feel guilty because of that so it's just like it was was and is like i feel like there is some improvements being made yeah Um,
0: i think there's good days and bad days yeah
1: but there were a lot of bad days for a while there
0: yeah um Okay, so that was, the climax of that was pretty much this past summer. Yes. Um, And we have started school. Um, You're back into like a nice groove with work. We have babysitters now. I'm at work. We're like kind of back on the ball with money. And you've been feeling a little bit better. You started counseling. Um, The other day was a bad day. You had a lot of stressful things happen at work. Um... And I, you came home and I was kind of like, dude, can you leave and I'll call you when the girls are asleep and you can come back over like you're my boyfriend because (laughs) like it was bad. It was just kind of like, Dave is miserable. I know that he's miserable. He's making the kids miserable. I'm miserable. And so that night, you know, we talked it out again, Um, had some tears, but the next day, I was supposed to go to uh, like on a little girl's trip with my mom and the baby. Uh, we were going to go to Lancaster, which I did. Just got back today. You said to me um, that, you know, the night that we talked it out, you said, um, I want to stay home with the girls tomorrow.
1: Because your dad was going to come up. My dad and was going to come and watch them, watch them all so day. go to work. And I was going to go to work.
0: And you said, can you ask your dad to stay home? I, w- I want to be home with the girls. So I was like... Nervously leaving to go to Lancaster because I didn't. I was like, I'm going to leave my husband alone with the girls. He's going to be. Yeah.
1: Um, I. So I had that bad day, kind of triggered by uh, some traumatic things happening at the family at our church and kind of being involved in that. But I think, and I. I think I one of my strengths which is also one of my weaknesses is that I can compartmentalize really well Mm -hmm. so you just said like we're back in a routine we're back in a schedule and you know I have my time where I can go to work Mm -hmm. and come home and I think that did make things better for a while Um, and I would have rough moments Um, I don't think they would characterize my day uh, at least not internally you might have felt differently Um, But because I I knew that I'm going to work, or I'm going to this thing, I have this thing, so I could compartmentalize. I think what started, what led to the bad day was when I went to counseling. And Mm. because that was a rough morning, the day that I went to counseling for the first time. And normally I would have gone to work and I wouldn't have thought about the morning again. You would have asked me how I was leaving this morning and I would have said Logan cried a little but everything's fine right and that would have been the end of it I had it I didn't have to but I chose to tell my counselor about it and then I was so emotional the rest of the day and the rest of the week yeah and I think I had s- like I was in uh, kind of over the summer I was in my own headspace because of like the guilt of factor um, and because I was always around our our family like I wasn't working with any regularity like going into the office Um, but then when I was once I was able to compartmentalize again because my schedule allowed for it I just stopped I didn't think about it Mm -hmm. anymore but then when I went to counseling I thought about it again and I got back in my head and so when I would respond poorly I wouldn't recover because now I'm I'm noticing it in myself Hmm. oh this is like like a rough moment that I'm going to have to tell my counselor about Mm. or whatever Um, and I think long term that's a good thing but in the short term it led to me kind of falling back into where I was over the summer that I'm just like feeling a weight of fatherhood (laughs) on me um and and the rest of the my life's factors kind of weighing on me um so that led to the bad day where you wish i had left uh and then you were going away and we kind of had it out and i i i felt like i needed to stay home that i needed to ignore uh work that um you know, I'm I'm preaching, which is not a normal thing on the, the weekend that this all happened. We're kind of in the midst of this heavy series in youth group and there's a lot going on. Mm. But I just felt like uh, none of that matters as much as I need to spend time as just dad with right. my girls. Um, and honestly, I didn't know how it was going to go. <laughs> I thought this could be bad. Yeah. But I have to do this. Yeah. It was great.
0: <laughs> so, tell me what happened yesterday. Like, why was it such a great day? Because I heard from you a couple times throughout the day, but you guys just seemed to be having a ball.
1: It, it was just carefree. like. Yeah. Um, so, this uh, this was one of the things that I wanted to talk about, was this idea that has kind of been... I, I think I've mentioned the Annie F. Downs podcast before, um, but... Her, like, last four guests have all written books about, like, the busyness of life and about the need for rest and Sabbath and all of that. And I didn't, some of these words I've gotten after yesterday, um, but they fit what happened. I think when I think of rest, I think of the way I rested before kids, which is nap, (laughs) don't get out of your pajamas, watch sports on tv mm-hmm. drink some beers fall back asleep wake up and order taco bell or whatever like yeah. just just like that is rest <laughs> <to> <laughs> me. like it's kind of just shutting off to the world and really to people around you like okay. that is rest for me uh and so i i think i felt like i can't rest
0: when will i ever get that i day? will never
1: rest again yeah. Because I can't do yeah, that. I unless can't sleep. I'm
0: away on vacation by myself.
1: Right. I can't sleep past 7.15 because right. there's someone crying or two someone's crying. And I can either be a terrible person or I can get up and I can be a dad. Um, yeah. And so the way I used to rest is not compatible with my life situation right now. What I experienced yesterday was rest. Because... After the day, what I realized was all of the pressure that I'm feeling is mostly internal or self-imposed. Like I have a boss, like I answer to our senior pastor, I answer to the elder board. Um, So like there are, I have a youth team. Uh, that helps me with the youth group. I have a young adults team that helps me with young adults. So like there are people who are looking to me to do things, but none of them are handing me to-do lists. None mm-hmm. of them are telling me like these are the things that we need by for I don't have deadlines that I have to meet. Like all of the pressure is me. Like I'm putting it on myself. The only other person who has any demands on me other than myself is Logan. She's the only one who asks. Like you are not demanding or high maintenance at all. Like there's, there's no one really in my life who expects tangible things from me, (laughs) other than myself and Logan and what I've been doing is putting too much pressure on myself and taking that out on my two year old. And so yesterday I just removed all of that pressure. I had put on myself and I just was able to do all of the things my two-year-old wanted, which what my two-year-old wants is me. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not unreasonable for a two-year-old to want her father. (laughs) Like, that is a beautiful thing. But because of the pressure that I've put on myself, I haven't been able to enjoy that.
0: Right. got me crying now, too. <laughs> when I, uh, I used to be a teacher full-time. I left when uh, Riley was like two and a half I like years old. like that your
1: facial expressions were like you were informing me of something.
0: And um, I went to, into business for myself for a few years. And you put a lot of pressure on yourself when you are working for yourself, which is kind of what you're doing like you said you have a boss you have people that you're accountable to but when it's your job to make your schedule for the day you tend to well i think when you want to do a good job you over extend yourself and you put a lot of pressure on yourself because you want to do a good job and you like your job so you really want to do a good job um But I remember saying, I'm never going back full-time teaching. I will always work from home. I love this. Well, the opportunity came back to go back part-time teaching, and I did. And I didn't hate it. And then they wanted me to go full-time teaching. And I said to you last year, I said, if I'm going to do this, I'm not doing anything else. (laughs) Like, I'm going to have a brand new baby, two other kids that I need to spend time with. I will go to work, but I'm not doing anything else like that I don't really want to do. And I have removed pretty much I mean, we go to church, I do youth group, um, I tried to do choir and it was too much. It just I, I wasn't happy doing something that I'm normally happily doing because right now my season is I'm mom. When that when I'm done school, I'm mom and I love it. I'm also a two so like on the enneagram on the enneagram so taking care of people is like my favorite thing to do. Like I this is the season where I love it. When they get too old for me to take care of them and they don't want me to take care of them, then I'm going to be the one crying on this podcast. <laughs> but right now, I'm needed every day and it's like, "Oh my gosh, my whole life is being fulfilled cuz I love this. Um I love being the the one that, you know, can make them stop crying and the one that's going to provide for them every day. So, but I really have found this year so much joy because like you said, when I come home, I'm I'm loving it. Like I'm not doing anything else. No one really texts me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not like on my phone and I can't really have my phone because the kids will want it but it's it there is a lot of joy in it and I think you know being a pastor it's a lot harder to turn it off when you when you leave your office than it is for me to turn off school when I leave school
1: yeah like most of and these are uh, these are kind of excuses but like the people I'm ministering to are not available during work hours because they're working Mm -hmm. so even if I'm not contacted after work hours, I feel like that potential is there. Um, and even just we have a small, a relatively small church staff, too. And so it's kind of like come and go as it fits your schedule. Yeah. So while my schedule, because my wife's a teacher and one of my kids is in school, um, it's a pretty normal schedule. That's not true of everyone else so they might have questions of me later at night or whatever um and so i feel like and again feel i feel like this is a pressure i put on myself Mm -hmm. i have to be available all of the time yeah even though uh, once twice a week like someone contacts me during those hours and they'd probably be fine if i just got back to them in the morning Mm -hmm. like it has never been very pressing issue um So, um, but I think uh, your natural, like your default mode allows you to kind of shut it off, shut off other things because you want to be serving and helping your kids. That's not my default mode. And so, um, some of like what I've these things have been like longing in me for a while but I want to be better at them and I want to actually like force myself to do it I want to put in boundaries that that make me be present um doing things out of the norm like taking a day off to hang out with my girls kind of did that but I want like I can't do that all of the time um so what are the things that I'm going to do help me do that regularly like on a day where i go to work can i come home and feel like i did the day i took off from work um i want to have a phone schedule like i want to turn my phone off um, by dinner time and not turn it on again until i leave for work the next morning um because if i can't get a hold of people and people can't get a hold of me then i get to just be a dad like that's
0: well i think it's really important for people that have um like high need jobs like doctors or police officers or fire like people that are in in stressful situations maybe they're the head of a company or a pastor like at some point in the day enough is enough like you've done enough for the day with your job.
1: And like people were pastored for millennia without cell phones. Without yeah. twenty four hour access. Yeah. Like they'll be they'll be okay. And if they're not okay, that's okay too. Like we'll we'll address whatever the thing is when it's appropriate right. for me to address it. Um So that's one of the things, can I throw a new thing at you that I'm just like tossing around? So uh, Jefferson, Jefferson Bethke uh, was on the Annie F. Downs podcast and he was talking about how his family and they have three little ones as well, uh, younger than ours, I think five, three and relatively newborn. So pretty close uh, to us. And um, Annie asked him, how do you Sabbath with kids? because that's kind of what I was struggling yeah. with was like I, I can't rest with kids there the things I do for rest can't be done right when I have kids this age and he was just saying that they take um, and it's changed days but right now they take Friday night starts their Sabbath and it ends Friday or starts Friday night ends Saturday night with uh, dinner so dinner to dinner basically is their Sabbath and um, they do um they do a dinner on friday night and they light two candles one represents ceasing and the other celebrating so like ceasing from work and celebrating all the work that you've done for the week and they let their kids like the candles um because kids love candles mm-hmm. and uh, his wife made these like noisemakers that are just like um, seeds in a water bottle and they light the candles and he asked the kids what does this candle represent and they say cease and what does this one represent celebrate and then he's like then let's celebrate and they run around the room and they shake the things and they like party and they always have like whatever the kids really enjoy for dinner like that's what they have for mm-hmm. dinner and uh, they have her parents come over and um, just share stories with the kids so like they've told them like bring something with you from your past so that you can tell a story to the kids Mm -hmm. so like his mother-in-law brought her um Cheerleading like varsity patch and told them about cheerleading and like their oldest is old enough now where uh, They've given her like responsibility of like just like a word Association like give a word one word to your grandparents and they'll tell you a story about it So she'll say bicycle and they'll talk about when they learned to ride (laughs) a bike and one time they rode their bike to the store and this thing happened and
0: Uphill both ways
1: uphill both ways um her word was summer and so they talked about what they used to do in the summer as kids and um it kind of it highlights like they get to know their family story it connects them to their grandparents um and uh it and then like saturday he said you know we can rest as parents when we're not micromanaging and we're not breaking up fights all the time our kids fight less when we're outside so we go outside and we just spend our Saturday doing things that the kids can enjoy. Um, and we can rest because we get to just enjoy them enjoying life. We're not telling them, no, you can't do that. No, stop that. Stop hitting your sister. Stop. They're just enjoying it. And then it ends with dinner and a movie on Saturday. Cute. It is cute. And like something like that would be good. One of the things that he talked about, and now I feel like I'm just like redoing his podcast, but um was he talked about how um we chase after spiritual perfection. But what God is interested in is spiritual formation. And so when you do l- life with kids, nothing's going to be perfect. Hmm. But everything can be formative. Mm-hmm. And should be formative. And he's like, our Sabbaths are not perfect. Like, the kids still fight. The kids still get on our nerves. I get angry. Whatever. Like, those things still come up. But we're forming our kids to recognize that there's a time to work. There's a time to rest. There's a time to celebrate the things that you have done. Um, And with the, like, family incorporation that they brought in. Like, we're forming our kids to know that... The family unit isn't just a place to send off individuals, but it's to connect you to those who have come behind you and to bring other people into that story as well. Um, So I thought that was like really, really good because I think we both probably in different areas, like you're more sentimental, I'm more, I want my way, Um, (laughs) but we, we want perfection in that way. He talked about a story like Christmas morning, right? I think birthdays and stuff like that. You want perfection. Oh, yeah. But perfection is be excited about the thing I'm doing for you. Absolutely. And just be thankful and be happy and be excited. That's what I want. But what do you get with kids? You get tears. You get things being thrown. You get, I don't like this. Where's the tour I asked for? Mm -hmm. Like, that's what you get from (laughs) kids you don't get perfect yeah but can those moments be formative for them and for you and for your family and so like kind of interrupting the busyness of life and just that we just go one thing to the next one thing to the next and that wasn't perfect and now i'm mad that it wasn't perfect Mm. but if we are like setting aside time to say this is important to us and so you know Friday nights or Tuesday nights or whatever the night is like, this is family night. This is Sabbath night. Like we are going to rest. We're going to celebrate what God has done for us. Um, So I don't know what that looks like for our family. All of the things I said were another family's Mm -hmm. ideas, but I, I, I want to do something like that for us. Yeah.
0: I know that it's hurt. It hurts you and it's painful for you to be going through this. Um, It's painful to watch, honestly, but I do know that God is doing a lot in your life right now and that you're being stretched and you are being formed into a better person, not just a better father. But um, you are learning a lot about serving others Mm -hmm. and being selfless. And, uh, you know, Dave is really hard on himself And if you're listening, I hope you don't think he's a bad dad by any stretch of the imagination because he's freaking amazing. It takes a toll on him, and that's what what is tiring. But the girls are all obsessed with him um, because he's he's really good at what he does, um, even if he's not enjoying it. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I definitely think, you know, the Sabbath... Shutting off our phones, trying to slow down, positive self-talk of, all right, I've done enough for today. Now I'm just going to enjoy this evening. Now I'm just going to enjoy this chaotic dinner. Look at my kid doing this funny thing. I'm going to laugh at this. Like, you know, to, being present is a very hard thing to master. And I don't know if anyone has it mastered, but it's definitely something that we struggle with in 2019 as a society. Mm -hmm. And I think it is taking away from the joy of our lives. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think this probably goes into that um, spiritual perfection, of spiritual formation thing. But like, I'm just thinking about, can I enjoy the things that God has given me rather than the things I've taught myself to enjoy Hmm. right I've taught myself to enjoy a nap I've taught myself to enjoy watching sports I've taught myself to enjoy reading wrinkle in time while nobody bothers me and if God gives me those things I should enjoy them Mm -hmm. God is not giving me those things right now and so instead of being resentful of the things God has given me because they're taking away from the things that you want I, you I've learned to right. enjoy. What if I just enjoyed the things that God has given me? Well, thank you, Leah, and thank you, listeners, for indulging me in that therapy session. Hopefully, it was helpful for you as well, maybe uh, even brought to service some of the things that you could be doing or working on. If there are any other dads out there and uh, you feel like you need some support, shameless plug, free plug for another podcast. It's called the Hey Dad Podcast just a bunch of dads talking, chatting. It's fun. Check it out. You can also check out the Thinking Out Loud store. The link is in the show notes as well as our Instagram bio. You can also check out the Patreon page, dot com slash Pod. We're having a good time over there. We would love for you to join us. Thank you as always to Lowercase People and Ministry Crate for the contributions to this show. And until next time.